Hello, I'm Brianda and I live in Brisbane and this is Good Day from Oz. With lockdown restrictions now easing here in Queensland, we are being encouraged to take to the roads as grey nomads or holiday makers. The poor backpacker never stood a chance. To visit the smaller townships to jumpstart their flagging economy. He was too naive, too trusting, too far from home. Maybe go to the local coffee shop or restaurant. Too damn delicious looking, just the right ratio of fat to muscle. Did we hear right? Discarded intestines roped onto the blood-soaked grass. No, this is not a cooking show, and I do hope you are not eating lunch. So, boiler alert, let's start again. Yes, after being forced to do armchair travelling for the last few months, here in Queensland we are being encouraged to take trips from the city and seek out the small towns, many of them still recovering after the horrendous bushfires just one year ago. These little clusters of population have little to encourage the holiday makers, or backpackers for that matter, yet sometimes it is that very fact that make them so appealing. On this level, there is no township smaller than Krakow, Queensland, a formally accepted ghost town. No, not that kind of ghost, but a town that once boasted over 2,000 ratepayers when the gold mine was thriving and now has 35. If you think this sounds like a scene from a horror movie, you'd be right, dead right. Yes, a deserted town which makes it perfect for filmmaking. What kind of film? Well, why don't we hear from Sally Eberhardt, and we'll start right from the top. Take it away, Sally. When We Were Cannibals, written and read by Sally Eberhardt, a tale of fake blood, prosthetics and stars in the eyes. The poor backpacker never stood a chance. He was too naive, too trusting, too far from home, too damn delicious looking, just the right ratio of fat to muscle. I'd like to say that he never knew what hit him, but I'd be lying. He was fully conscious, struggling and screaming when they pulled him to the ground and ripped into his soft belly. Half a dozen hungry cannibals jostled for the most prized organs, bare hands tearing through his abdomen to possess his liver, heart and spleen. Discarded intestines roped onto the blood-soaked grass, and dismemberment ensued, but at least the ear-shattering shrieking had ceased. If you think this sounds like a scene from a horror movie, you'd be right, dead right. There we were, in a tiny, almost ghost town in central Queensland, spattered in fake blood and pretending to lust after human flesh. How does an ordinary little family find itself in the middle of such horrific mayhem? Let me set the opening scene. Picture this. Brisbane, September 2018. A young girl with dreams of working in the movie industry has a loving dad with a partner, yes me, who also adores her. So when said partner has the chance to network her way into an invitation for the family to meet a movie director and makeup artist, she takes it. Over vegetable curry and chocolate brownies, it's a piece of cake to volunteer to help in any way we can. It's a low-budget gore flick. Unpaid bodies are welcome. Yes, I was the provider of curry and chocolate brownies, and my friend of long standing, Judd Tilliard, had joined me and a small group of dinner guests to watch the wonderful river fire from our unit rooftop. I knew he wanted to make the film and what it was about, 
and had even accompanied him to the location, but didn't know why Krakow had been chosen. Minnie York, PR coordinator, gives us that information. Uh, Well, as it turns out, I have a very good friend, Sandy Brophy, wife of Fred Brophy from the Freddie Brophy Boxing Tent, fifth generation piece of Australiana. (laughs) He and Sandy have owned the pub for 18 years and early, and as I said, I have a, a background with them. We go back 40 years. And so, uh, yeah, in a conversation some 10 years back, we said, we'd love to make a film in your pub. And so this is how it's come about. In fact, in addition to the ambience of a deserted town, the Krakow Hotel has its own charm and was used in the film. And should you ever want to follow the tread of the backpacker, but not his fate, well, here's Minnie again to tell us a little more. Sandy, as I said, is a good friend, so she's got a good eye for um, decoration. So the upstairs rooms are themed, which is a lovely attraction out in a ghost town. The pub itself also has its very quirkiness about it because they've allowed people to leave messages right throughout the pub. So you have to come and have a look to see what that actually means. Indeed, celebrities like Ian McNamara, Dick Smith and Richard Branson have done just that and left their signatures on the walls to prove it. I was fortunate in being accommodated in the pub, but Minnie made the deserted 32-bed hospital also comfortable. The gold mine, which opened up a few years back with 200 fly-in, fly-out staff, was approached to house the remainder of the 140 film crew members in its accommodation block, while the key cast members were housed in the nearest motel, which was 50 kilometres away. But back to Sally and her experience as an extra. As extras, we definitely had the waiting part of the deal. Being a night shoot, our day consists of trying to sleep while the sun shines, then breakfast at the mess hall at about 6pm and hopefully being assigned to be on set at some stage of the evening. On the way to breakfast, we pop into wardrobe for our costumes. Op shop glamour, faded and tatty finery is the dress code. I have a beige safari style jacket with a wheat pattern embroidered on the pockets put over my pirate wench top. My partner was already resplendent in upcycled cowboy shirt and boots and the beautiful girl child was given a black and purple blouse that couldn't make up its mind whether it was spotted or striped. I'm giving you details so if you ever see this movie, you can point and laugh and say, you know those cannibals. Next is makeup. No looking gorgeous for us. Apparently, outback cannibals are a bit leathery and grungy. No lipstick or eyeliner to define features. Our faces are stippled to appear unkempt, grubby and aged by the harsh conditions. I'm starting to think I don't really want to be seen like this. We eat and wait for the shooting schedule. It's quite unpredictable. Sometimes you hear, come with me, if you are wanted on set. Sometimes you're told early that you can go home, that is, as you aren't needed. All the extras wait for their turn in the spotlight near the mess hall. When the assistant comes for you, you'd better be there and ready. No sneaking off for a nap or anything. We enjoyed the luxury of time out there. A rare detox from technology saw all the extras getting to know each other and playing board games while waiting. Our box of Cards Against Humanity got quite a workout, as did our bellies from laughing so hard. We were a varied bunch. 
interstate travellers mixed with locals, young with old, seasoned extras with first-timers. A few had ambitions of their star rising. A few regularly worked in the movie business. Some of us were simply curious. My partner was called for many more scenes than either his lovely daughter or me. We girls consoled ourselves by agreeing that we were just a bit too pretty. The director wanted the more rough and rugged looking characters to play the cannibalistic townsfolk. At last we were all called to be on set. A crowd scene of celebrating Australia Day like there is no tomorrow. Pretending to eat and drink, dancing madly, cheering and whooping and then falling asleep in a drunken food coma all have to take place on cue. You are to ignore the cameras unless told otherwise. Fingers, toes, ears and tongues with the tasty nibbles. All prosthetic of course but incredibly realistic. Fake blood is poured from glass carafes into disposable plastic cups. Don't drink it though, apparently it tastes disgusting. On cue, we dance wildly, drunkenly, as a stunning female singer decked out in 80s glam rock gear belted out horror movie by Skyhooks, using a severed penis as a microphone. But no more horror movies for me. We were at Krakow for only four days and nights. Many people were there for weeks and also at other locations for extended periods of time. The crew worked from sunset to dawn while we were there and out of all those 48 to 50 hours of film, they say only about 90 seconds will make it into the movie. 90 seconds? I'm thinking this will not be my big break. The isolation of a town full of deserted, crumbling down houses was a big feature for producer Jesse O'Brien. Look, being so isolated on this movie was a gift and a curse. Uh, basically, we didn't have any other option. From the get-go, Judd knew he was going to film this movie in, in Krakow because he had access to this town. He knew the people who owned the town. He, he knew that we'd be able to basically run it as a, a bit of a Hollywood backlot. And for me, that was a challenge because I always pictured this being set in a sort of dusty red dirt town, a classic outback town, whereas Krakow's really green and grassy and a little more you know, a, a nice country town with rolling hills. It didn't feel as desolate or dangerous. But the flip side of that was that we, we had that ownership and we could move around the street, up and down the main street like it was a back lot, film a bunch of dilapidated houses and old shop fronts that haven't been used for years and redress them to our own purposes. Pretty much any new scene or location change only took five minutes for the crew to move to. Walking distance, of course, there's other considerations when you're moving all the gear and everything, but it made it a lot easier that everything was in such close reach. Digby Hogan, who was editor and post-production for the film, had this to say about the experience. Working on the film was great. Um, having been in the industry for just over 10 years now, it lived up to all its expectations and it, it's always a pleasure working with new people and creating a finished, unique product. So being also the editor on the project, I'm very proud of the story that the team, Jesse and myself, have, have told. And I think it will be well received in the market. So I'm sure that will have a positive impact. And when asked what was the biggest surprise doing a film shoot in a little ghost town, he was pretty positive. I did not expect the accommodation to be as nice as it was. Um, there was a bit of sort of chit-chat before we got there about what it might be like and there'd been a lot of restoration going on and a lot of cleaning up and a lot of tidying up. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. We were staying in the old hospital that had been refurbished. Um, it had air conditioning, the bed was comfy, it was clean, it was tidy. So <laughs> out of everything, that was kind of um, my happy surprise. I'm a, a big fan of creature comforts. So if you've got the staples, like a clean bed and uh, a shower and a, and a bathroom, you can do your job. 
and he's hoping you all have those creature comforts in these difficult times. And that's all from us here in Queensland, where we are all allowed to go travelling, maybe up to Krakow, although our two great capital cities, Sydney and Melbourne, are again in lockdown, so we'll have to be content with more armchair travel. But we leave you with this question. Did Sally, her partner, or the girl child finish up on the screen or the cutting room floor? We'll leave you to find out, either when you do your armchair travelling online or at a cinema near you. And don't forget, if you visit briandafrombrisbane.com, you will be able to see some photographs of Krakow and also the film shoot. Bye now.